Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know, Thanksgiving is a wonderful time of the year. And on this weekend after Thanksgiving, I'm sure some of you are trying to figure out what all you can do with turkey left over. Uh, There's so many things, but more than anything, we hope you have expressed and will express thanksgiving to God for his boundless mercy and grace. Nathan, thanksgiving is special no matter when, where, or how. Uh, A lot of families are not getting together as they usually do this time of year. Uh, But no matter what, we can go to the throne of grace with thanksgiving, can't we? Yeah, you know, we're commanded uh, over and over in, in, uh, in Scripture to, uh, to you know, give thanks to the Lord. Uh, and in prayer, we're to be thankful uh, in all um, occasions, in all circumstances to, to give thanks. And um, actually um, having that um, attitude of, of thanksgiving or attitude of gratitude, if you want to say, um, actually is a... Uh, a major mark in a follower of Jesus's life, um, especially uh, when it, you know, relates to missions. Um, you know, it's thanks, it's Thanksgiving among all the peoples that we're actually, you know, on mission for. We want all peoples to be able to give thanks to the Lord. Um, have you ever wondered people that don't believe in God or um, people that um, maybe serve uh, a false god or a religious system um who do they give thanks to have you ever wondered about that i have i have uh i you know i've watched some uh you know usually movies that television movies and they're giving thanks and they never bring god up and i said i wonder who they're giving thanks to you know yeah and uh, missions is uh answering that question for them and sharing who they can give thanks to and and why they can be thankful so we, we've I've entitled this program Thanksgiving for missionaries, for those men and women who, you know, have have been missions as as our opening says, uh, at home, but also across the seas, and uh, we we just give Thanksgiving for that. One of the things that Nathan and I have done, not each program, but we go back and we talk about a missionary that made a difference and. But we're going to give this one to missionaries that have made a difference in mission movements, Nathan, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and one of the greatest mission movements started, well, you'll probably, hopefully, those of you that know a little bit about missions will recognize this title. Those of you that do not know this, it'll be a great introduction for you to do some study. The Moravian Mission Movement, it, that really changed the world, didn't it? Yeah, it, it really did. God used uh, so many uh, people and used the Moravians, uh, the Moravian brethren, as they were known, uh, to influence um, so many others, uh, kind of directly and even indirectly down the line uh, in what we would call our modern missions movement. And uh, and so, yeah, the Moravians are a good 
group of people. Um, and we, we can even throw in a name is uh, Count Ludwig von Zinzendorf. As I, uh, as, as you told me, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to say, but, you know, it comes out different every time I say it. So. Yeah, it, uh, I want to call him Lord, and I say, okay, no, it's not Lord, it's Count. And even before him, there was John Huss, uh, who, who broke away from the Roman Catholic Church there in England, and it would start a movement, and, and they considered him heretical, but... Uh, is really he came to the truth of, of salvation and uh, and then sharing it with others and that would proceed and and move all the way like you said to count Zinzendorf I'm going to shorten it to two and leave off three of those uh, names and he was he was of nobility 18th century an Austrian noble and uh, he used his wealth for mission purposes didn't he. He did. Even before he kind of connected with the Moravians, he uh, started a, um, as a student, as a college student, started a uh, uh, a group. Um, I think he called them the um, the the grain, uh, the order of the grain of mustard seed, <laughs> and uh, they were they were bound together in prayer, and their purpose was to witness to the power of Jesus Christ, to draw other Christians together in fellowship, to help those who were suffering for their faith and to carry the gospel of Christ overseas. And we're talking about in the early 1700s. That, so Zinzendorf kind of got an early start as a student, and then he connected with uh, the Moravian Brethren well, in, you know, uh, in a place called Hernhut. Hernhut, that's it. And he would train them there, and they would go all from all over the world. And that's interesting that you talk about that. Student ministry and student mission is so important, y'all. Uh, if you go to organizations on campuses, even today, and they have a Christian uh, movement there on the campus, usually there's summer missions involved with students going all, all over the world, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, that, that idea of, um, well, really, if you think about it, it's uh, young people with a lot of energy, and they don't have too many um, um, at least um, full time, all the time, uh, they have a, they don't have a full calendar. So you know they have some expendable time, um, and you know they're not tied down through um, you know whatever commitments. And so um, you know a ready made uh, group of people with a lot of energy and enthusiasm, um, if that's pointed in in the right direction, you know toward Christ, then God can use students, uh, young men, young women. Uh, greatly in his kingdom throughout the whole world. And Zinzendorf was one of those men that God used in such a way. And at age 27, he was part of the government, and he would resign and basically use his time and wealth to train students, as we know. And they would come there, and they would live. He moved to Germany, and where you were talking about a moment ago, and there, regardless of their religious denominations, even back then, he said, let's lay down those non-essentials and let's major on the essentials so that we can know, you know, and get the message of the Great Commission of Christ all around the world. And so they started a prayer time, did they not? You know, was it 100 years of prayer? Uh, yeah, imagine imagine 100 years continuous of 24-hour, seven-day-a-week prayer. 
Um, and that's, that's, uh, you know, the Moravian church. Um, and so no wonder they were, um, had a zeal for missions, uh, cause it was birthed in, in that much fervent and, uh, you know, deliberate and desperate prayer. And it was 24 men, 24 women. They covenanted to pray at certain times of the day and it would increase. And, um, uh, uh, you know, 77 would be praying at some times, and again, a hundred years of prayer time, and it would become the launching pad for missions around the world. And, uh, you know, they they desired that, and they learned they would go. They didn't have to raise money. They went with skills, and they would find a place to go, and there they would find the job that would sustain them as they shared Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot but, of times missionaries have to spend so much of their time raising funds, uh, they don't get to stay as much on the mission field as they did. But Zinzendorf would train these young men and women to kind of be self, and when I say self-sufficient, I'm not saying without God, but to sustain themselves and stay in very difficult places, would it not? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's the model. And, um, you know, the first two, uh, men who were sent out by the Moravians. Uh, this was uh, 60 years before William Carey uh, left England for India, 150 years before uh, Hudson Taylor landed in China. Okay, so this is early, early in the modern missions uh, movement. But there was these two guys named Leonard Dober. He was a potter. And then David Nietzscheman was a carpenter. And they landed on the West Indian island of St. Thomas. Uh, you know, to share the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, now, they were the first, but there were many, many, many more who would later enter places like Greenland, uh, North America, Suriname, South Africa, uh, even, even all the way up to the Arctic, um, Sri Lanka, China, Persia, Abyssinia. So, so many places around the world were affected by the Moravians. Um, and, you know, really there's five, um, we can move on here in a little bit, but there was five, I guess, um, marks of the Moravian uh, church. Um, really, they uh, are marks of every missionary. They're marks of every uh, successful, fruitful mission worker and movement in missions. Um, so the first one we've already mentioned was, uh, you know, passionate prayer, uh, persistent prayer. Um, everything was bathed and birthed in prayer. The next mark was spontaneous obedience to Jesus. Uh, the missionary obedience of the Moravians was essentially glad and spontaneous. And so they would just uh, obey Jesus. And, and when he would say go, they would, they would say, yes, Lord. Um, the third mark is their passion for Jesus himself. They had a deep ongoing passion and love for Jesus Christ. Uh, their fourth, the fourth mark of the Moravian missions was uh, they had courage in the face of danger. They faced lots and lots of difficulties and dangers and even death, but uh, they had remarkable courage in the face of those things. And the last mark was they had a tenacity of purpose. Uh, it was, it was uh, very, very strong. When a Moravian missionary left um, to go on mission, they, they would leave for life. And they stayed true to that purpose. That that was their motivation. That was their purpose. That was their guide. And 
you know, one of those, they came to the New World, America, and they were on the same ship as someone else that's very significant, and that is John Wesley. And uh, they came to Georgia and uh, were on their way to Georgia. But on the way, they started having some problems in a storm. And the English missionaries, John and Charles among them, they were panicking. And all of a sudden, he heard some singing going on, and it was the Moravians that were along there, and they weren't panicking. They were just praising the Lord. I think that's very appropriate at Thanksgiving, you know. They were praising the Lord, and they said, you know, whether by life or by death, whether we sink or whether we sail, uh, our lives is in God's hand, and it really made an impact on 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 the Wesleys, especially well, both of them. And later on, uh, John Wesley would meet a man called Peter Bowler, and uh, he was a Moravian that he met after he got back to England. And then Wesley was truly converted to Christ after that in 1738. Now, you know they were they were being missionaries when they were just. Praising the Lord and thanking God for the opportunity, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, and just in their uh, in their travel time. Yeah, and so that's what they did. Zinzendorf was used by God. He believed that the Holy Spirit of God would draw people. He believed that people should obey Him. And one of the things he said was this: "I have but one passion. It is He. It is He alone." Talking about God, the world is the field, and the field is the world. And henceforth, that country shall be my home where I can be most used in winning souls for Christ. And that's the reason those men and women would go to those places and they would give their lives and they would stay there. And it affected John Wesley. Uh, it would also affect other other movements. You already mentioned, we've mentioned Hudson Taylor. Uh, you've mentioned William Carey. All of those were affected by the Moravian movement first as they would see that. Scriptures and examples, Nathan, they really do speak loudly, don't they? Yeah, I mean, if you think about what what is an example, it's really the the Word of God, the the Scriptures lived out, you know, uh, in, in someone's life. And so um, God uh, wants to um, use us in the same way, you know, and use uh, His church in that way that we would uh, speak God's word, but also live it out in front of others. Let's let's stay for a moment about, you know, student ministry. And again, yeah. this is exploring missions, and it is the weekend after Thanksgiving. And Nathan and I felt it just important to let us know that, you know, missions is standing on the shoulders of giants. And we've talked about the Moravian movement with uh, Count Zinzendorf. But in America, there was a college called Williams College, and they were training preachers and, you know, doing all the things, the teachers. Uh, But there were five students, (laughs) students that God moved in their heart, and uh, they began to pray about missions and taking the message of Jesus. Uh, Now, Already they were trying to take them, take it to the Native Americans here and share the gospel. But God laid on their heart that God's world, uh, that was his field of operation. And the Haystack prayer meeting, uh, Nathan, it, imagine, it, you know, they were out praying and all of a sudden a storm comes up and they take shelter in a haystack. But all of them left different after that prayer meeting, didn't they? Yeah, and it started with a guy named Samuel Mills. He was born in Connecticut, and his he was actually a preacher's kid, so his dad was a pastor. Um, 
and he was a he enrolled at Williams College in 1806, and um, you know, from but before he was uh, you know enrolled in college, his parents had already, in response to the Lord's call on their life, had uh, dedicated Samuel as a child to the Lord's service as a missionary, and so he went into uh, Williams College and and helped to start this uh, haystack prayer meeting of uh well just it was just a prayer meeting at the time uh where they would you know meet on wednesday and saturday afternoons in prayer on the banks of the Husak river <laughs> Husak river I've, I've never been there i uh, haven't either and so uh but they like you said they were caught in a thunderstorm one evening and so they jumped into a haystack or under a haystack uh to kind of get out of the rain and uh that's when uh not just mills um but um, he, he exhorted his uh, companions there hiding the four others that were hiding under the haystack with him. Um, and their watchword became we, became, we can do this if we will. In other words, we can serve the Lord. We can, um, you know, we can carry out his mission. It's, uh, it's, it's up to us. It's up to us to surrender to him and, and to carry that out. And it did not stop there. This group really would change the world. And, uh, the American Board of, of Commissioners for Foreign Missions was created in 1810, and they would send missionaries to uh, to India, and they would also form the American Bible Society, uh, Nathan, from that group. And, uh, and through that work, so many lives were changed and lives were touched, and the foreign missionary movement would, would go across the world, and we're still feeling the effects of that haystack revival today because of what happened. In other words, it wasn't necessarily what happened there, but it's what happened afterwards. Uh, isn't that really what worship is? You know, we can come to church and we can sing some great songs, and nobody enjoys them more than I. I love great singing. And then a good message that, you know, encourages. Yes, I'm I'm kind of a cheerleader when I preach, and, you know, I want to encourage and challenge people. But if it doesn't go any further than just the doors of the church, it's really, uh, would you call it, we hear a lot about fake news. That's close to fake worship, isn't it, if it doesn't carry over out into the world of making a difference in our lives when we leave? Yeah, we're we're not called to give lip service to God. You know, He wants life service. And, um, you know, worship is just an overflow of what God is doing in our lives. And we're just recognizing God and thanking God and giving praise to God for that. Um, and then, you know, throughout the remainder of our lives and the or the week or the day um, that, you know, belongs to the Lord anyway, we're just, um, you know, submitting ourselves to Him. And so our lives can be an act of worship. Our lives can be a prayer. And, uh, and our lives can be lived on mission for Him, no matter what we're doing, no matter where we're going. The, uh, the group of... The mission effort, I should say, that started from that haystack revival is the American Board of Commissioners for Foreign Missions. Uh, I know that's a— You know the, you know the first uh, missionary they sent out in 1812? Who was that? It was Adoniram Judson. Adoniram Judson, and he was the yeah. first um, a missionary that would be sent and sent to India. And matter of fact, in the first 50 years of that organization, they sent out 1,250 missionaries, and Adonira Judson was the very first one of those, that, and he'd be sent to India. Now, 
he, he didn't go alone. His wife would go with him, Ann, and uh, she was a hazel time. And so they, they would make their way to India. And that wasn't an easy trip back then, was it, Nathan? No, you, uh, you kind of, when you left, you left to stay. You know, you didn't uh, have too many plans to, to return. It's the, the voyage was so long and arduous. And, and so they were leaving families. They, they was leaving them. And uh, so those that were parents and they, they were young, that meant they would probably never see the grandchildren that would be born while they were there. And those of us that are my age and has grandchildren, that really, you know, penetrates our heart. And on the way there, uh, they, this, this is just what happened. Uh, they came across some st- people studying the Bible, the New Testament, and uh, they changed, quote, denominations. So when they got there, uh, they were Baptist, and it wasn't long till Luther Rice would go there, but Adonira Judson would stay, and Luther Rice would come back and raise money, wouldn't he? That was interesting. I, I thought, yeah. you know, one was so gifted in language. You know, Adonira Judson was gifted in language that he could translate and uh, translate the Bible into the language of the people. And then Luther Rice kind of, I guess, had administrative skills. Right, and yeah. so he would come back and he would do the organization. That speaks of people using their gifts for missions, uh, even if they're not on the field, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's desperately important to uh, missionaries that are on the field doing the what we would say is the uh, gospel work. Uh, but it's just as important to have as many or more people uh, behind them helping to, them to do that work. And it's just as much gospel work to raise money. It's just as much gospel work to uh, raise prayer warriors. Um, and so, um, you know, that's the we wouldn't be ta- having this conversation if it wasn't for people that did had administrative gifts and, and did the behind the scenes work when it comes to uh, when it comes to missions. Well, one of the things that we need to mention uh Anne would leave with him, but she would die. He would remarry, and she would die. It, it just showed the hardship, the reality. Uh, it was difficult in those days. William Carey, similar, so much like that, that these these women who married Adonira Judson, they felt called to that ministry, and they were given their lives and they literally did give their lives for Christ. Uh, they didn't yeah. die a martyr's death, but they, they really did die under difficult circumstances serving the Lord, didn't they? Yeah, and, uh, you know, many times when they would make that trip from, uh, you know, either North America or from uh, Europe uh, to, uh, to Asia or to overseas, even Africa, they would a lot of times pack their belongings in a coffin as they would, as they would uh, sail toward their destination. Um, and really what, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal for them because, you know, in their hearts, they'd already died to themselves, you know, and that's how they were able to, uh, obey that call of Christ on their lives in the first place. And I, and I want to say this about Adonira Judson, after he translated the Bible, he spent the last part of his life, uh, putting Burmese English dictionary together. He has had a chronic illness and could not travel, and it was difficult, but he didn't stop. But he was on a ship, and he was taking a voyage, uh, which he had been prescribed as his only hope for improvement, but he died at sea, and he was buried at sea in the Bay of Bengal. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. that is, uh, you know, they literally gave their lives, 
And I, I thought, wow, there he is. He was buried at sea because uh, he made his journey from safety to difficulty. And can you imagine the homecoming that, that happens to these missionaries who are like that when they get to heaven, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just incredible. And all the all the praise from so many people that are, you know, speaking different languages and tribes uh, and uh, different nations that are represented around God's throne. And missionaries will be right there in there with them, uh, giving praise to the Lamb. Um, you know, I'm thinking of uh, some, some folks I met, uh, some Burmese brothers and sisters who can actually trace... Uh, their spiritual uh, uh, lineage, I guess, if you will, you know, their their parents led them to Christ and their grandparents uh, led their parents to Christ. And it was actually uh, uh, Adoniram Judson who led their grandparents to Christ. Wow. So, you know, it's uh, we, we see this as a long, long time ago, but it's, it's not as long ago as we think. That's right. And it's not as far away as we we think anymore. Well, I- um, and yeah. I, I want to do something. I, I want you to lead us in prayer for the missionaries who are serving. And a lot of them are in difficult because of the pandemic. They're either in that country and they can't get out when they need to. Some are here in America and can't go back to the place they want to go. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of difficulty going on in missions. And I think we need to pray for them today, Nathan. Uh, we're standing on the shoulders of giants, but we can seek and pray God's blessing on them. Would you lead us in this prayer? Yeah, glad to. Uh, Father, we we thank you. Uh, we we are just overflowing with thanksgiving for uh, the those uh, men and women, faithful servants, um, who have uh, you know, faithfully uh, sown the seed of the gospel, and we know that's actually taking root in our lives. Uh, we are here because there have been missionaries that have. Uh, been obedient to your call, and so Lord, we are thankful that uh, we can we can take this time to to recognize your work uh, in people's lives all around the world. Uh, but we do come to you even now, asking you to strengthen, to uh, give assistance, to uh, provide for needs of so many mission workers around the world even today. Uh, there's so many brothers and sisters that are um, going without that are in need of um, physical help and health, that are in need of financial help. Um, They have basic, ordinary needs like we all do. Um, And so they're relying on your people to to help give and and be generous and support. So would you make us faithful in in our giving and uh, cause them to, um, to be blessed as they serve you on these uh, on these fields, wherever they are, we know there's difficulty and danger. Would you provide uh, protection for them as well, Lord? And most of all, we ask that they would be faithful to you, and that you would bear fruit in their lives and through their witness, so that people from all tongues, tribes, and nations will be able to worship you around your throne, saying, "Worthy is the Lamb." We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We do thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today. And we hope on this weekend after Thanksgiving that you're thankful, but also be thankful for those that's gone before us, especially those missionaries, but also those missionaries who are serving now. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you.